Welcome to Energy Radio, a podcast by CEM Engineering. Welcome to episode 18 of Energy Radio. On this episode, we talk with Scott and James of eZinc about energy storage. Guys, welcome. This is great. Thank, Thank you, you so for much for having us. Yeah. And, uh, this is fun to see Scott again, yeah. uh, new baby daddy. Uh, yeah, four days, four four days, days old. old. Yeah. Yes, good. And James, good to meet you uh, for yeah. the first time. Very so, good, yeah. Um, why don't you guys just give a bit of a brief intro on, on you know, kind of what brought you to, to E-Zinc, and then we'll dive into the company, and who knows where we'll go. So James, Shh. maybe I'll start with you, just a quick summary of how you got to this point. Sure, yeah. Um, so I, I've always wanted to lead a clean tech company. I've always been okay. very passionate about the environment. Um, and uh, I, my background is in mechanical engineering. Right on. I started working in that industry in, in hydrogen fuel cells initially, uh, and then in micro hydro and geothermal. Um, but my skills and affinities have always lied with the business side of things. Okay. So I, uh, after my MBA, um, I started working in, at Bain & Company in the, the strategy consulting area. Um, and then when I left that firm, I started looking for this type of opportunity. And I actually took eight months without a salary just looking for uh, for this type of company. Okay. And uh, two things became very obvious. One is that um, it was going to require a lot more patience than just eight mm. months to find the proverbial diamond in the rough. Wow. Uh, and number two is that I was uh, rapidly losing cash. My savings was going like this <laughs> when I wasn't working. So uh, I joined Mars, which is a startup incubator in yes. Toronto. And figured that would be a great place to put myself to have purview to the startup landscape. And uh, after two years, very happy to say that I met the founder, was introduced to him, and it, it was just very obvious. Um, the value proposition of, of this particular technology and the rising tide of this industry was very, very compelling. Mm. And so I, I really felt like I had, I had found it and I joined the summer of 2018. So I've been okay. uh, the CEO for about 18 months. Awesome. Um, and uh, the, the company's been around for about seven years. But we'll get into that history. Yeah, so, sure. so, okay. um, so it was an interesting transition for for the founder to to be aware that that he really needed someone new to take the helm yeah. for the next uh, next chapter of the company. Yeah, that's a whole uh, discussion uh, in and of itself. <laughs> okay. That whole organizational uh, theology about founder and next gen, and yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so you have this sense that you want to be in clean tech. You want to be a leader in clean tech. Mm-hmm. And you're so um, kind of committed to that that you you burn through cash, you don't work, you, you're patient, 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 and, and clearly, finally, it's paid off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. It really good. has yeah. good. And Scott, I mean, I I know your story uh, when you yeah. were with with the Green Engine guys, but uh, would love to hear it again. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, prior to Ezink, I was with GE Power, uh, mainly focused on the Yumbacher business, CHP, uh, working quite a bit with CEM. Yes. Um, I'd say near the near the end of my time there, we started to see more and more projects go to batteries and energy storage. So that that was one uh, <laughs> bit of a bit of an awakening. Uh, but also, I mean, we're in a industry that's in transition, right? There, there's a lot changing, which is exciting. That means lots of opportunity. But uh, I met James in December of 2018. Yes, 2018, and. I uh, actually the first time I met him, he showed up uh, suit jacket, backpack, and a helmet, and right I'm like, on. oh, I, I like this guy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, I know you a little bit. I can see how yeah. you like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was a probably a stretch of about six months while we were talking. And the the first I'd say formal meeting I had with uh, James and then our co-founder, our, sorry, founder, my my impression was that hey, I, you have a neat technology, and I could see the the market fit at the grid scale. Uh, balancing renewables, but I, I didn't quite see the entry market for it yet, mm. and I didn't see uh, even the way to get to market at small size projects, and and that was my first reaction. But then over a period of say three or four months, it was incredible uh, the the amount of uh, cool applications we were coming across. So that was really part of my due diligence process, and found that, hey, this is a neat tech. I could see the path to market. Mm-hmm. And uh, James and team had uh, recently secured money. They're re- ready to bring someone on. And I, cool. I joined in uh, July of uh, this past year. Okay, so we're getting close to, to the one-year mark for you. Uh, well, we, a couple, couple months yeah. away. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got it. Good, Absolutely. Good, good, yeah. good. excellent. Yeah. I, the, the, the fact that you gravitated towards... Uh, James in a in a bike helmet and a suit <laughs> reminds me of we met up in Calgary once for something and 
you you told me that the weekend you came in early to go backpacking in the mountains and some you and your wife and you woke up and there was like a foot of snow on your tent right. or something. And it was like it was either spring or fall. I can't remember yeah. what it was, but I just thought to myself, that's not on my list of things. September and that, meant to that be meant September. to be summer camping that was right, is that's a full right. on snowstorm. You're right. But yeah. uh, <laughs> But you were unfazed by it. So uh, that's that's his nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good. So tell us about eZinc. Um, you know, what you know, where does the name come from? What's the company about? Just give us your your elevator pitch on on eZinc and then we'll dive deeper. Sure. So eZinc is a, a company focused on long duration energy storage. Okay. And the whole thesis is that with the rapid expansion of renewable energy, um, we know it's intermittent. And the most common thing for people to talk about are the short duration intermittencies. It's the California duck curve or <laughs> it's peak shaving. Yes. But if you extrapolate out the growth of renewables to the point where they are our core energy supply, it's not about the daily cycling issues. It's about multiple days. It's about mm. you know multiple days where there's no sun, right. right? Or in California's case, an entire winter season without wind or sun, right? Mm. And so you start needing to talk about days, weeks, months of storage. Okay. And so that's really what our technology is okay. focused on. So when just so I'm clear, when you say long duration, you're talking. Your your increment is probably starting at days. Is that is that our our minimum duration is twenty four hours. We okay. look at twenty four hours and longer. Okay. Um, you know batteries like lithium lead acid. You're talking about applications of one to maybe three hours. Yes. Flow batteries. You're talking maybe four eight hours. Okay. We're talking truly long duration. Long duration. Okay. Wow. Um, and and at the guts of the technology. I mean your name. Kind of gives it away, but but it's 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 some kind of zinc compound or like maybe compare and contrast, you know, because everybody's all hot and bothered about you know lithium right now. It's mm -hmm. the you know Tesla and Elon Musk and everybody's making lithium famous, you know. But contrast it with that in terms of the guts of the technology. Yeah, so maybe I'll just quickly explain how the technology sure. works. Yeah. So it's a it's a zinc based uh, technology, and. Uh, it's a cell-based technology. Okay. So one of our cells is a little bit bigger than the size of a desktop computer, if you mm. picture a box mm -hmm. about that size. And the whole thing is filled with a, a bath of electrolyte and dissolved zinc in it. Okay. And we have a series of charging electrodes at the top and discharging electrodes at the bottom. So when we inject in energy into the system, the zinc precipitates out as physical metal on, on the electrodes at the top. Yes. And we have a wiping mechanism that wipes it off, like a windshield wiper, and it falls via gravity and collects in the bottom of the cell. Okay. So that physically free zinc metal is stored energy. Okay. It's a wild concept. Yeah. Right? It's, it, we're literally what we call metallizing energy. We're yeah. turning energy into uh, electrochemical potential energy. Um, and so that zinc sitting there is, is the energy. And when we need it, we uh, inject an air into the system and okay. the oxygen in the air dissolves the zinc back into the electrolyte. And wow. the dissolution of the zinc is what releases the energy. Okay. And now that the zinc is redissolved back into the electrolyte, the whole process can be repeated, hence the rechargeability of it. Right, okay. The, the reason this is so important is that batteries, um, batteries um, power and energy are intrinsically coupled. Like there's a fixed ratio between power and energy. Yes. Um, so if you want more energy, you have to just buy another battery, which comes with more power. And you may not necessarily need both of those, those things. Our technology, we've decoupled power from energy because by storing energy in physically free zinc metal, if we need more energy, we actually just have, we just make a bigger cell. Mm. So a bigger box, effectively, with more electrolyte and more zinc. And that's the cheapest parts of our system. And so we can create longer and longer durations of systems depending on market application. Uh, and in a very affordable way. So to decouple energy and power, basically you make the bath bigger, but the power rating stays the same. Is that right? Correct. Am I understanding Correct. it? Whereas That's in right. a conventional battery, if you need more energy, just inherent in the nature of the battery, you need to buy, just by buying more, you get more power as well, typically. Just to put this into yes. uh, with numbers, so like, a lot of people are familiar with the Tesla Powerwall. Right. right. The Tesla Powerwall is five kilowatts, 13 and a half kilowatt hours, meaning it's got about two and a half hours of runtime. Yes. The average uh, Ontario household uses about 40 kilowatt hours a day. Mm. So if you needed enough energy to sustain you for the entire day, you'd need three Tesla Powerwalls. Yes. 
but interestingly, you now have 15 kilowatts of power. Right. The average home doesn't need 15 kilowatts of power. No. So with our technology, we can right-size systems. So you're, you still have five kilowatts, but you have the 40 kilowatt hours I, I if see. you need, and and so on and so forth. So we can tailor it to customer applications. And because it's the, you mentioned it's the kind of the, the, the lowest cost piece of your system, uh, do I understand that you know, in terms of dollars per meg incremental dollars per megawatt hour, you can be pretty competitive because it doesn't cost a lot to add energy. Exactly. Right? Okay. So, the, so the, the cost follows an asymptotic curve, right? The, oh, sure. a, a, with batteries, you're always going to pay that, that same cost yeah. for a system. You're just buying more and more and more of them with yes. our system. Uh, the cost comes down the longer the duration you need. Right. Um, so I, it actually reinforces our own value proposition. Yeah. So this technology, is this, is this, like, has it been around for a while? I mean, it's not something I've heard a lot about, but like, how long has it been around? Where, you know, does the founder, you know, is he uh, just this, you know, brilliant scientist that discovered it? Like, where, has it been around for a while? Uh, so I think, I think it's maybe important to share the, the history. Yeah, please. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm hogging the mic. I'll, no, no, I'll, no. I'll do this question. Please, please do. <laughs> no, no, you're good. Scott, you're great. But, um, so our founder, Dr. Gregory Zong, he is a PhD from MIT in Columbia. Wow. Uh, very brilliant guy. Uh, and his whole background is in electrochemistry. Okay. And he was hired by Tech Resources because Tech Resources is one of Canada's largest mining companies. Yes. Owns the world's largest zinc mine, the Red Dog Mine in Alaska. Okay. They had a thesis that if they could make an investment into an energy storage technology that was based on zinc, they could create demand for their metal. And, and zinc has, has been known since the 60s to be an incredible electrochemical material. Um, people just couldn't, haven't quite figured out how to harness it properly yet. Um, anyway, so he, he joined tech and for 20 years he spent his, his career researching this, this particular subject matter. In fact, he wrote the world's only book on zinc electrochemistry. No kidding. He, he literally wrote the book on the subject. Wow. Um, and so anyways, for 20 years, he looked at different technologies. He studied it in depth. And tech actually ended up making an investment into a particular company. Okay. Um, and he led that process. But what he realized is that every zinc-based technology out there was just another form of battery. Mm. It was a short duration technology. It was a, a zinc air battery or a, maybe a zinc bromine flow battery. It's intended for a few hours. But what Greg realizes is that zinc has an incredible set of electrochemical properties to be an energy carrier. So if he could figure out a way to store energy and physically free zinc metal, yes. he could enable long duration storage. And that was his impetus to leave tech and start this company. Okay. So it really, to bring it back to first principles of, of you know, um, science, the, the potential energy is stored in that freed zinc is essentially Correct. how it works. Yeah. Correct. And, and does it, Scott, does it have different, you know, we, energy storage is kind of the broad term. It can have multiple different applications. And we talk about... You guys are talking about long duration. I we, we are starting to talk about energy storage as a you know a grid stabilization. Like, does this technology fit that application as well, or is it primarily long duration? You know? Yeah, so it, it, it can. The okay. way we're, we're framing our go to market is in three horizons. Okay. Uh, starting with remote resiliency and then grid scale renewables. Okay. And, oh, really? Okay. And we say it that way. Uh, for us, we're our first projects will be uh, in the kilowatts to the hundreds of kilowatts scale. Oh, really? Right. Okay. Uh, smaller scale. And that, that's just a, uh, really where, where we're at yes. right now. We're, we're early commercial. We're, okay. we're in the process of going to market. Uh, so our, our, our first applications in remote, it's really about displacing diesel yes. in, in off-grid off -grid sites, off-grid communities. And the, the real benefit of that application is we're displacing diesel. The The value proposition is very strong. Mm -hmm. And so the idea is to combine uh, solar or wind with, with storage, but to be able to, uh, in typical off-grid scenarios, if you had a, a microgrid setup with solar and storage, you still need a diesel backup because the batteries might only last a couple hours, right? And right, yes. If you have a day with no sun, Right, you're you're stuck relying on on diesel. Yeah. So what what we're designing are solutions that can go 100% renewable. Hmm. Right. A wow. energy storage system that can sustain the site even if there's no solar or wind energy for a day or two. Right. Okay. And so that that's really our the first application yes. that we're yes. going after. 
uh, and followed by and somewhat in parallel is our resiliency application. And we, we think of that as uh, backup power, but with additional benefits. Mm-hmm. And, and I say that because, uh, I mean, as you know, with backup power, you're, you're really paying for an asset that, for the most part, sits there. Yeah, right? you, hope, not, you hope you never use it. You yes. hope you never yeah. use it. Yeah. And so we're, we're looking for applications where there's additional benefits to that backup power. And a great example right now is in California. Yes. Right, where, of course, with the wildfires, they're, they're really looking for uh, microgrid solutions that can provide at least two days of backup in the case of okay. uh, an outage yes. or a, a, a fire prevention uh, shutoff. Right, yes. But the, the nice thing about California as well is they, they have a very wide uh, time of use energy spread. And they even have uh, uh, special rate structures to uh, help incentivize storage. Mm. So you could charge at maybe five to ten cents and discharge at close to forty cents during peak time. Wow! Uh, so the application in California would be: Hey, this system can cycle daily yeah. for uh, nine to ten hours, and still have enough capacity to uh, sustain the customer during a grid outage. Oh, I see. So mm-hmm. it, it could play in both the energy arbitrage market mm-hmm. and in the backup exactly. energy. I don't want to call it generation because it's not really generation, but backup yeah. energy market. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. interesting. And then the third one you said third, is... Third renewables, and that's really a longer-term target. We, we know that like the grid of the future will need long-duration storage to, yes. uh, to really get to the, the high renewable penetration targets that many states, provinces, and yes. countries are targeting. Uh, but those those are really projects in the megawatt, even gigawatt scale. Uh, that that's it's maybe ten years out for our, our tech. Mm-hmm. But what we're thinking at that point right now, our the form factor of our technology is is cell based, and uh, longer term we see it as more of a custom built or purpose built facilities using our same technology, and it still has the inherent low cost of. Uh, zinc and electrolytes to, to add energy capacity. So it's the same technology, but we, we expect it to look different at that time. And we've been are, thinking are, through that. Are you thinking like, you know, buildings and, 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 and like that, that's that size scale, like you have, you know, you walk in and there's baths of, 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 of zinc. Is that kind of what you're thinking? And it could be. And it, yeah. Many... Yeah. And it could even be uh, what's really neat about our technology is that the, there's a separate charging and discharge assembly. Yes. And so okay. we could even, even, separate those uh-huh. in the in the building yes right so you could even picture uh forming a lot of zinc in the summer months and having that stored and using that in the winter and so there's, there's a lot of different directions our uh, technology could go uh with this using the same uh, electrochemistry principles and our, our same uh, patent portfolio i just had an interesting thought so is this does it to 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 discharge the energy the, the potential energy does it have to be zinc that was formed through the process, or like you think of a diesel generator, and you can you can deliver diesel in a long outage to site? Can you do that with zinc? Like, can you deliver if you have a long outage and you have a you know can you deliver zinc incremental zinc into the system, or it doesn't work that way? So uh, today's version and embodiment of the technology, you can't do that. Okay. However, that is a possibility. Really? Wow. And we we've you know when we do our Big blue sky thinking yes. about about where we dream this technology could go. You know, I have a lot of experience working in, in Chile, and I know that the I'm familiar with a lot of the um, the dynamics in the Atacama Desert as an example, right? Like it's the highest solar radiance in the world. The cost of of solar is effectively zero, right? Yes. It's a variable cost, and so you could produce, produce, produce just tons and tons of zinc, and literally ship it. And there's there's huh. an infrastructure for that, right? Like, so you can, you have the discharging aspect of the cell in certain markets, like in Southeast Asia, Africa, or whatever, and you have the charging located in in these um, geographic areas where there's a lot of cheap renewables, and then you ship it. It's no different than drilling for oil in a particular place, putting into a tank and shipping it somewhere yes. to be used, right? Yes. So, yes. so yes okay. is the is the answer to your yeah. question. Yeah. We don't have the, the, right. okay. the embodiment of it yet, but the... But theor- theoretically, theoretically and practically, it could, could yeah. be done at some yeah, point, yeah. yeah. So does, where does the supply chain for zinc, what is it? I mean, I think you mentioned the tech, the, this, the impetus for a lot of this came because they wanted to generate a market. It is 
but the flip side is if this takes off, I mean, you've hired a great BD guy, like mm-hmm. this is just going to take <laughs> off, right? So <laughs> is the supply chain piece a concern for you? Like, is, uh, it, are there limits to it at some point? W- you, you can never be absolute about your answer right. with this sort of stuff, yes. but uh, we, we don't think so. Okay. And the reason is, uh, first of all, there's about 480 megatons of, of zinc in the glo- world's global reserves. Sounds like a lot. It's, it's, a, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, okay. um, you know, we've done some back-of-the-envelope math. If we were to use our technology to balance 10% of the world's renewables by 2030, we'd use about 11 megatons. Oh, okay. So, Really, right. we're not going to move the needle on that. Yes. And, and the second thing to buttress that is that um, 40% of the world's uh, annual consumption of zinc actually comes from recycling markets. It doesn't oh. come from harvesting new zinc. Oh, really? And so, um, yeah. And, and so it actually is a, a relatively sustainable material in, okay. in that regard. Um, so you're not really going to be tapping into that 480 megatons anyways. Yeah. Uh, and the last couple points I'll make is that Zinc is a global resource, uh, and it's it as you know it's abundant. Um, and I find it very interesting that the world is pushing the direction of lithium ion, and you know China controls sixty five percent of the world supply. Ch- uh, Chile and Australia have another fifteen percent, and then twenty percent is sort of scattered around. Sure. Have we not learned the lessons of OPEC when uh, a particular group of nations control of a very valuable resource in the world yes. and have pricing control over things like that. Like we're, we're literally going down the direction of handing the keys over to China, Chile, and, yes. and Australia, ma- mainly China, and versus something like zinc where there is no global superpower of zinc. It's, it's diverse across, yes. across the world. Now, so that's very intriguing. And, and I guess it brings me to the question about you know, one of the knocks on the lithium-ion space is this particularly because 65% of it comes out of China, where a large majority of their power is generated from coal, particularly at the mine mouth, you, you, you bring this lithium-ion technology to a, a green market like Ontario, and you, you, you say you're greening things because it's being charged with uh, you know, renewable. But if you draw the envelope big enough, you, yeah. you know, regardless of what you do in the disposal, on a creation side, you have, you have a lot of carbon emissions. Is that... Is that same? How, how do you do? You guys get asked that question? Is that a is that a, applicable to your or because it's distributed, and you know you're pulling it out of the ground differently? Or I, I'm I'm this is a new element for me. Yeah. So we we've looked at the the life cycle of greenhouse gas emissions uh, on our tech uh, in a few different applications. And I mean, one thing uh, with ener- any energy storage, you want to be charging it ideally from renewable energy, yes. right? The, the the cycling, the daily cycling is where the vast majority of the carbon intensity will, will come from. Yes, okay. um, and I think you need to look at it in terms of what you're displacing. So uh, when displacing diesel power, uh, the any uh, like upstream emissions really get almost w- w- washed away. I see, okay. Right, so that, that, that's been our experience. Uh, and we've looked at it as well uh, in terms of where the zinc is being mined, where raw materials are, are coming from, being, yes. being trucked to, say, a central location for processing, and, and even end-of-life disposals. We, we've looked at it from the, the, the whole aspect. Yes. Uh, I'd say still it's being all of those things get washed away when you I look see. at what you're what So, you're, so you're, you're, not, you're, you're not disputing the front end and disposal piece. All you're saying is that if you, if you do want to draw the box that big, the middle portion of the life cycle you're 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 so far ahead from a ghg avoidance perspective mm-hmm. that the other the, the the ends are are somewhat um kind of they get you know it's, it's not great but the net net is is positive is that what you're saying Scott? I, i'd say that yeah and okay. and also uh the i mean in comparison to lithium we're we're a step ahead a couple steps ahead yeah. anyway just because of uh, the factors that james mentioned that right. zinc is mined more than just a few locations so the the distance of transported is easier it's uh it's often from recycling markets mm-hmm. it's often a byproduct yeah. of other mining it's, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. often found in, oh, okay. in gold mining right yeah. so okay it, it's just there yes and so uh, with those factors, we're, we're in much better shape. And then end-of-life recyclability and reusability of our product, that's another aspect where mm-hmm. there are 
there are pretty significant recycling challenges on the, the lithium ion side right now. Whereas with, with our technology, uh, I, I mean, one, the, the electrolyte and zinc can be reused in, in further products, which is, which is quite neat. And, but if not, uh, it can all be recycled cool. as well. So, cool. Uh, it's a good uh, good story in terms of recyclability and reusability at end of life. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's pivot back to uh, to the business, to, to e-zinc. Um, there was some recent news. I think you guys got a big grant or something. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. Uh, so there's four big things. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Uh, for, in November, we closed a $3.5 million equity raise. Oh, cool. Which was... Uh, which was it was a long slog, but yeah, we did I bet. it. Um, the day after, had that, you done that before, James? In your uh, career, I, I hadn't raised money before. No, okay. no. So this was. I knew that I had to do this as part of what I was signing on to do. Yes, and I was excited to do it. And I figured, you know, I, I, I felt felt confident with it. Yeah. just because of the the the, the strength of the value proposition. Yes, um, it took longer than expected, but. Everything does. And it, at the risk of probing, is it like angel investors or like where, where does the equity come from? Uh, it's actually a mix. Okay. So we have uh, our lead investors based in Chicago. Okay. Um, energy Foundry is their name. Uh, interestingly, they have not made an energy storage uh, investment oh, to, wow. to date. We are their we are their You're first. Their first yeah. uh, they only do four deals a year. Wow. So you know, and they look at about eight to nine hundred every year. So the fact that we that you know that they've invested in us, I think, is an amazing vote of confidence. Um, and then we have a, a number of other local funds here: Emerald Capital, uh, the Investment Accelerator Fund, um, Sustainable Chemistry Alliance. We, we really have a good consortium. Cool. Uh, and then we also, fortunately, have uh, some really significant angel investors. Awesome. Um, I won't mention their names, sure. but, but they're 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 fantastic individuals who really care about the business. Yeah. And I have to say, the entire syndicate, everyone is really involved. When when we have uh, when I have a strategic question or what or whatnot, or we're looking for help in a particular area. I'll blast out to the investors, and you'll almost always get five or six replies being like, "Hey, I think I can make this introduction." That's huge. How about how about this? Yeah, yeah so wow. very good. Cool. So that's number one. That was number one. Yeah. The day after that, we found out we uh, we won a grant from Sustainable Development Technology Canada. Okay. The reason this is important is that they were the group that awarded and partially funded our demonstration system. Okay. So, so we have a demonstration system up and running in Etobicoke. Oh. It's been running for about no way. eighteen months. Okay. Um, and the, they were so pleased with the success of that project that they wanted to be part of our early commercialization. Okay. So, so we got $2 million there. Wow. Um, a month after that, we found out we won uh, another grant um, of $700,000. This one's still confidential, so we can't uh, sure. talk about it. Um, and uh, and then in January, we found out we won, uh, or one of 10 winners of Breakthrough Energy Solutions Canada. Um, this was a, a competition put on by Anarchan, Natural Resources Canada, sorry, uh, Breakthrough Energy Ventures, which is Bill Gates' uh, oh, yes. capital fund, right. and BDC, okay. a Canadian fund. Yeah. And so the the money comes in the form of a grant, and there was $20 million allocated to these, these 10 winners. And But interestingly, Breakthrough Energy Ventures and BDC have also each allocated $10 million as uh, matching uh, equity, potential equity investments. So they're not beholden to, to make the investments, but... So not only do we have the grant, but we also now are in line uh, for them to, to to work with us to see if we can potentially wow. get some equity. Okay. So in grand total, it's about seven point eight million dollars, three and a half of it, three and a half of it equity, and four point three non dilutive grants. Wow. So uh, that's cool. Pr- pretty big two months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. So so Scott can come back in on Monday. Like you got enough, you got enough money to <laughs> well, keep paying him and his new baby. He, I mean, this this, this guy is, is fantastic. He he put together the applications for, for oh, the latter two. Cool. Um, and, uh, and yeah, we were, <laughs> we're very very thankful that's, to have him on the team. Yeah, agreed. He was a he was a loss to Ineo, but that's that's in the, ba- <laughs> that's in the background for sure. So what are the next kind of six? 12, 24 months look like you're, you're on the road to commercialization. You're there. You know, can yeah. I go to your website and buy one? Like, wh- wh- where, where, are you, where are you going next? No, with so this? We're, we are uh, our next step, and this is really what the the grant money is for. And I think we're we're quite lucky to live in a country like Canada that that supports technologies yeah. like ours. And we're, we're at a stage that it is challenging for young companies, right? Going from like an in-house demonstration to in the field. Yeah. Right and. And that, that's really what this money is there to support. So our, our next uh, couple of years, I'd say, 
uh, I'll, I'll lay it out. There's uh, maybe three three main main tasks, and the first we're working on uh, productizing our technology, and that starts with uh, the the pilot we have in house right now. Uh, is really hand built by our technologists okay. each cell, so we're in the process of. Uh, properly manufacturing those cells. So we have a, a team working on SolidWorks, designing every component oh, cool. such that they can be manufactured externally in pieces yes. we'll, we'll assemble in-house right yes. now. Uh, so that, that, that's the first bucket, okay. uh, properly manufactured cells. The next is we we have a our first demonstration project lined up. Hmm. It's actually going to be in Stratford, Ontario. No kidding. So uh, you're welcome to visit when yeah, it's up and running. Love to, and, yeah. And that'll be uh, installed in the fourth quarter of this year. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, and that'll be a, a 5 kilowatt, 240 kilowatt hour system. Wow. So think 5 kilowatts, but for 48 hours. Yeah. And that's nice. what we're, we're designing. And what's what's the location? Like, what's the application? Yeah, so it'll be... A, It'll actually be at a, a manufacturing site, a okay. small manufacturing site. Okay. And it's really meant to demonstrate an application in the agricultural space. Oh. And so the, the idea is that there, there's many farmers in Ontario that yes. have solar uh, yeah. through the feed-in tariff uh, program. Uh, but if they wanted to, uh, I mean, one, one idea is that uh, if they wanted to expand and they're, say, uh, in an area of uh, a wheat grid, yes. this would be a way for them to add capacity. Okay. Uh, as a as a non wireless alternative, in a sense. I see. Okay. So yeah. add add the PV and add your technology, mm-hmm. but not connected to the grid necessarily. Or, or even a maybe a portion of their facility is is off grid. Yeah. Yeah. And the the wow. idea is that many many of them don't have uh, they don't have capacity to expand. They they can't add more solar. They, right. they can't add more equipment. Because the grid can't take it. The grid can't okay. take it. Yeah. Similar to what we see in the CHP space, but right. at a at a smaller at yeah, a smaller yeah, yeah. scale. Sure. Well, smaller scale, except. For you guys, the repeatability of, of all the agriculture we have in southwestern Ontario is huge, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's also just a, it's a great demonstration location for us. It's close by. We yeah. can, uh, you know, have people on site quick. And, and totally. for us, we want to we want to learn everything we possibly can from for it. For sure. Yeah. Right. So that that's the second step. And the, the third step of this, uh, it's the early commercialization path, is really to test and validate that, that tech in the field. Uh, and even uh, uh, progress on a route to uh, certification. Yeah. Uh, uh, UL, CSA. Okay, yes. Right, so uh, turning it into a, a product that is ready to sell commercially. You mentioned certification. Do you, so in the last, I don't know, five, 10 years, we've, we've, we've seen a shift in the CSA codes that govern hospitals as it relates to, and you probably remember this from, in, from INEO, that you didn't have to have diesel. You could have natural gas, but you had. But, but hospitals have to have this critical backup for mm-hmm. you know forty eight hours or whatever it is. Seventy two. I'm, I'm gonna. I knew I was gonna get wrapped on the knuckles by somebody in my office, but you beat them to it. So, <laughs> um, do you see? And this is probably longer term, but do you see a potential for this to displace even that? You know, from a life critical application, Scott. Maybe a. There's. Potential, yes. definitely, especially on paper. Yes. And, and I say that because it, with even with Yumbacher, I know that with newer products, the, the engineering team was hesitant to uh, install uh, our, our newest products in life safety applications. Oh, I see. Okay. Right? And, and to me, that kind of signals that if a, a huge company, right, GE Power oh. and then NEO, Yumbacher, uh, you know, really takes many years to right. get comfortable with that type of application. Right. As a new startup, it's not it's not the low hanging fruit I for us. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Right. Longer the, the, term, the risk far exceeds the reward. Is what yeah, yeah. It, longer term, it, it's a it is a neat application. Yeah. Uh, especially in in areas where you can use it for more than just backup power, right. as we were talking about. But yeah. it's not uh, it's not our it's not our initial okay. it's not our initial go to market path. Mm-hmm. So, James, what do you like? You know, in your equity raise and in your pitches internally and externally, what, where do you see once you get past this commercialization phase? What is the remote communities? Is that the market? Is there, is there a secondary market where you're saying that's there's significant upside? Is it everybody with solar panels on their roofs and and your battery, you know, in their basement? Like, or or is it is it let's get these remote communities first? Like. The the remotes the remotes is really is the the bread and butter here yeah. and there's a 
we don't see it day to day because we live in urban environments. Yes. We, we don't feel the pain that these customers experience and we're just not attuned to it. Yes. But it's a huge market, right? Like it's it's all of Africa, it, right? Right. Like, it's, it's, right. like think of the, the Southeast Asia, like all these islands. Yes. The, there's no grid on these islands. They, right. they have to be sustained by by uh, diesel power and they hate it. It's, yeah. it's expensive, it's noisy, it's hard to maintain, it contaminates their soil, it contaminates their local air quality, let alone our global environment. Yes. Um, and so there's a, a really strong impetus. And further to that, one of the, advant- the other advantages of our technology is actually the uh, temperature tolerance of it. Oh. So we have uh, an ability to, to operate in very, very warm and cold temperatures. Um, and companies or technologies rather like lithium ion, lead acid, they really suffer in particularly in, in warm climates. Right. Um, so they have to be cooled and that ends up being additional parasitic load. So it's upfront capital cost because you need to build a cooling system yes, into your, yes. into your um, energy storage system. But it also uh, is parasitic load because it's taking energy to operate right. that cooling system. And so when you're talking about Australia, Africa, like it's a, it's a really difficult value proposition for for batteries. Yeah. And versus our technology will have a very very strong value proposition okay. there. And so the the already ec- good economics that Scott was alluding to around just replacing diesel become exponentially better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's dive a bit deeper then into the technology. So you mentioned so it sounds like there you know at the, at the guts is this electrical chemical reaction but but you, I think there's there's some other what I would call balance of plant stuff around it. Like on the power electronic side, mm-hmm. I heard there was an air system. Mm-hmm. It sounds like, you know, the, what with lithium ion, it's like oh, there's another box and another box and just, you know, tighten the moret on the electrical cable and away you go. But but with you guys, it sounds like there's a bit more around around the system. Is that right, Scott? Yeah, and what, what's really neat about it right now is we, we've built our prototype cells in transparent uh, materials so you can oh, actually cool. see what's going on inside. Oh, that's cool! And it's uh, it's really incredible. Actually, you can see you know electricity being formed to zinc and yeah. dropping out, and, and that's your stored energy. But we, we do have uh, it, it, when it when it's in the field, it'll be more of a sealed box. So it'll be Bummer. similar to what yeah what, what lithium yeah, yeah, yeah. might look like. <laughs> but uh, so we, we do have some balance of plant. You can think of our technology as a really neat mix of electrochemistry and yes. mechanics. Mechanics. Right on. Uh, we do have pumps and motors. Okay. Uh, the the motor to drive a, a, a wiper uh, train back, right. back and forth. Yes. Uh, okay. The wiper goes maybe a, a minute, an hour, right, okay. to, to knock okay. the, the zinc off during, during charging. Yes. Right. So it doesn't, the zinc doesn't get heavy enough to fall off on its own? It, well, it, it doesn't I, like, doesn't like what, what do we call those stalactites? Like it doesn't grow and then just drop off? In the bottom we have right now, it... Uh, it precipitates and somewhat it's attached very loosely okay. to the the electrodes, so yes. we just knock it off. Knock it off, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. And and so the, there are, the, there's a motor to drive that, and we also have a, a pump again, maybe a, a minute, an hour or less, just to circulate a electrolyte because uh, we, we can get a concentration gradient in the cell. Oh, okay. At the, at the bottom, you're you're discharging. Zinc. Uh, zinc is dissolving, so you're going to have a more zinc dissolved in solution at the bottom. So we just have a, a pump to, to circulate okay, occasionally. Okay. Wow. Uh, the, the neat thing is that, that the pumps and motors are pretty simple, off-the-shelf uh, pieces of equipment. We, we expect, even though that they're, they're meant to last 20 years, they're not going to, yeah. right? And, and so they're, they're easy plug-and-play type systems. Yeah. So if you think of the the, the service routine for, for our technology in the yeah, field. Yeah. It, it'll g- just be about uh, occasionally replacing pumps and motors, mm-hmm. but they're, they're plug and play. Any, you know, electrician or yes. electrician-minded okay. person yes. could do it. Mm-hmm. And on the front end, it, it, I mean, it's it's DC? That you're generating DC. DC? Yeah. Okay, so there's, uh, you know, the power electronics that yeah. go in front of that. And, and do you, have you developed that too as well in terms of the, the control system of, um, you know, how that all gets handled that's part of your design of yeah, the IP so we, as well we have a proprietary uh, battery management system for our cells okay but then for the power electronics outside of that we'll use off-the-shelf okay. uh, dc to dc chargers yeah, and yeah. dc to ac inverters yes okay uh, and, and those will be uh, standard equipment uh, and we'll tie into the control systems that are those are currently being used i see mm-hmm. okay yeah. cool 
good. Um, so you're based in Toronto? Yeah, Etobicoke. Etobicoke. Oh, yeah? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the, oh, you got to so come see it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I'd yeah. love to. That, that would be, uh, Mark, that'd be great footage. To, <laughs> it's, it strikes me, actually, that you say it's, you know, it, it's bringing me back to, like, grade 11 chemistry, right? <laughs> it strikes me there's a huge opp- opportunity to market this to, you know, the, the decision makers of tomorrow that are sitting in grade 11 classrooms. <laughs> and, and this is energy storage, everyone. You can see it, right? Because yeah, the lithium yeah. ion stuff is just like a black box, right? Yeah. But, you know, the same way Kleenex is any box of facial tissues, you guys need to be marketing to these grade 11 kids. Who, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, that's, a, that's energy storage. Yeah, no, yeah. That, no, no, that's energy that's storage. That's energy storage, totally. Okay, so you're based in Etobicoke, but it sounds like, based on the discussion, you know, at least the long-term focus is, is, is international, right? Like, your, your people are here, but once you start to gain some traction, there's going to be a pretty significant growth, and, and you're going to have challenges as far as how you scale and, and meet those markets internationally. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, the, I, I mean, it'll be two things. I mean, we will obviously have domestic projects. Yeah, um, right. We, we want to we start close to home where we can be close to the technology, learn from it, etc. But the I think the... I, we hypothesize that the, the the biggest market opportunity is really international. Yeah, um, and it dovetails nicely with the strategy of manufacturing because right now we have a local ecosystem of um, automotive manufacturers who right. who manufacture various components and subsystems for us. And as Scott mentioned, we do assembly ourselves. But longer term, we would like to move to potentially either a contract manufacturer model where you have one group handling the entire supply chain and manufacturing assembly, as well as some of the distribution, um, and or a licensing model. Aha, right? okay. Um, so you license this technology to a group that gets all of this, has access to cheap yes. components and materials, yes. et cetera, um, and is located strategically close to a big market opportunity, like in Southeast Asia or right. in India or in Africa. Yeah. Um, and and that that can be a part of your growth strategy. So because it sounds like you know different than you know your prior life where I've been through that shop in Yenbach, Austria, and you have these presses and these drills, and you have a significant investment in specialized equipment. Uh, if I'm unless I'm misunderstanding something, you're you have kind of standard manufacturing approaches, and you know it's more of an assembly of 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 things, and that the ability to license that. Whereas is a lot kind of it's more straightforward than trying to license somebody to build a green you know engine yeah. block in, in in China right is, yeah. is, that, is that generally correct yeah it is and this is pointing to a very important point which is that if you look at the wasteland of energy storage companies in the past the vast majority of them have failed for a common reason which is that they have proprietary technology mm. and proprietary components that require proprietary manufacturing process. Yeah. So they've, they've raised tens or hundreds of millions of dollars in capital, built up a massive factory. They have massive amounts of overhead. They're way ahead of their skis. The market wow. hasn't caught up to um, the sales volumes they need and they crash and burn. Yeah. The beautiful thing about our technology is that it's, the reason it's so affordable is that it's everyday engineering. This is sheet metal stamping, injection mode of plastic. This is stuff that's akin to automotive. Yeah, right. right? Which is why we can rely on Southwestern Ontario's expertise today. Today, yeah. But even going forward, we can still rely on on external and international capabilities as well. The 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 cool thing though is that there is one component that's high tech, truly high tech, okay. which is our air cathode. It's the the part at the bottom where we inject in the air and it dissolves the zinc. Oh yes, okay. And the the good thing about a, a potential licensing model is that we would retain that, yes, uh, and so still hold the key to the technology. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. But but a piece that's probably, you know, small enough that you can make it in one spot and ship it. Is that the yeah, thing? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so and and actually, I, I want to just mention something quickly about the IP. The IP is is in the process. Right. It's not in the particular components. Yeah. The IP is as simple as any energy storage technology where charging and discharging are combined in one cell and gravity is the separation mechanism of an energy material. That's mm. an important point because it's not about zinc. Right. We just use zinc because electrochemically it makes sense because it's cheap, abundant, has high reaction kinetics, it's energy dense, stable, reversible. Um, we could use magnesium or aluminum if we wanted to, okay. but we don't because zinc makes the most sense. So if anyone tries anything of this ilk, right, where they're using 
gravity is a separation mechanism of an energy carrier, uh, they're infringing on our IP. Can you say that one more time? Because that, that that was a real nugget uh, that we, we have to figure out how we pull that out. <laughs> but you, you had some phrase and you just you repeated it part of it again. Can you say that whole thing again about like what, what the IP sure. really is? So the IP is in the process. Yes. So it's any energy storage technology where charging and discharging are combined in one cell. Okay. And gravity is used as the separation mechanism okay. of an energy carrier. Okay. Wow. So traditional flow batteries have two different tanks. So yes. charging and discharging is, is separate. Yes. So we've combined that into one cell, and gravity is the separation mechanism rather than any sort of pumping mechanism. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. And when you discharge, the air then is, is kind of blowing it back up? Is no, that right? no, we inject in the air mm -hmm. and the oxygen dissolves the zinc back into the electrolyte. Okay. And, and actually one of the mechanical pieces Scott was talking about, the, the, the one of the pumps, it recirculates the electrolyte. It's a small pump that just... Because right. uh, you, you actually, want to avoid those uh, yeah. concentration gradients. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I got you now. Yeah. So, and that IP, that... that um, the protection around that IP is is international, or uh, yeah, 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 we're, yeah. We're, we have IP granted in U.S., China, Japan, Europe. Wow, yeah. that's so. that, that's really slick. Wow, mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get it now. I, I think, yeah, it took me three times, but I'm glad I, I finally got it. So, um, it's okay. It took Scott and me months. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I didn't say I could I could reiterate it, but that's why we record everything, so I don't have to reiterate it. Um, so. This has been delightful. Is there anything else we, you know, we haven't touched on that you guys are like, you know, dying to talk about in terms of, you know, what you're working on next or? Um... Maybe one thing. Yeah. Uh, we're uh, maybe a fourth stage to our sure. development. What we're yeah. working on is lining up our our next round of demonstration projects. Okay. And we're, we've been quite fortunate. We mm. say we have a. Uh, three very close to being being finalized. Okay. And these will be demos at, at a larger scale, okay. more at the 40 kilowatt, one megawatt hour okay. level. So 40 kilowatts for a day. Wow. Uh, and those will go in in the 2021 timeframe. Okay. Uh, okay. Probably the latter half. Yes. Uh, we're, we're looking at, uh, there's one at a, uh, it's a, a wind facility in the US that we're oh, quite yeah. excited about. Okay. There's another, uh, we're actually applying, there's a, a grant opportunity in California right now, and it's really incredible. It's with the California Energy Commission, and they they've asked for non-lithium ion energy storage technologies that wow. have a duration of ten hours or longer, and it's a perfect fit yeah. for our technology. And uh, that application is actually due on Monday, so we're, we're working mm -hmm. on that, and uh, we're targeting a, a greenhouse application. Cool. So you're very familiar with yes, the CHP, yes, but this yeah. will be. Uh, using excess on-site solar mm -hmm. to charge the batteries and the discharge will be to for the irrigation load yeah. so it'll basically allow um, just the site to reduce their their grid consumption and they'll they'll time it similarly to uh, uh, displace when prices are highest okay. during peak hours so and, and yeah. the the specificity of the requirements in California are driven by their recent weather events is that why they're saying it's got to be this long can't be that technology is that that's what you know the alternative is you had somebody in the back room you know writing the spec for them but it, it sounds like <laughs> you, you're you're glad that it happened that way but you weren't involved it was some policy or reaction to the the, the climate there yeah and i guess uh, and it brings up a a good point uh what we're seeing in the market now so we we know that uh when we look at the market in terms of applications for our technology we see them. Yes. Uh, there's a lot, and we come across new ones every day. But what's really neat is see to see industry and regulators yes. start asking for it. Totally. And so California is asking for it. It's a mix between uh, the, the wildfire. They they want that duration, but they they're also saying, hey, we we've invested a lot in energy storage. Ninety percent's been lithium ion. Yes. We need to diversify. Oh, I see. Okay. Because we yes. know that to reach a hundred percent renewable energy. Uh, their target. Yes. We we need more than just lithium yes. ion. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, actually, just one one point. Yeah. On that. So, yeah. so RPE, uh, which is part of the Department of Energy. Yes. Okay. Um, so they they had a, 
a day, it was called the DAYS program, Duration, Addition, Energy, Storage. Don't ask me why the Y, which is the last letter of energy, is part of the acronym, but well, it's, like, it's a bit like easing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they called for technologies that can dispatch longer than 100 hours of storage. Wow. And why is that important? Because when they, when they analyzed the markets and looked at California, New York, Hawaii, all these markets saying they're going to be 100% renewable, the studies concluded that at about 60% penetration of renewables, you start needing that duration of storage. Mm, okay. And so, and in fact, actually, just this year, early, well, it's only been a month in this <laughs> year, but um, about a month ago, uh, PG&E issued an RFP for 96 to 120 hours of storage. Wow. So it, it's happening. It's happening, yes, right? yes, and yes. So that's, that's, that's way beyond what batteries and conventional batteries can, totally, can deliver. Totally, totally. And I love the piece about diversity because yesterday we had a uh, we were we had another podcast about um it was dave tightgrobe who comes from you know the the natural gas space and and his he was the champion for for enbridge to do this um power to gas demonstration project in markham and so the the spin there is is hydrolysis and hydrogen and you know his big you know, thing was, listen, we want to do a lot of electrification in this province. And, and that's, you know, in a lot of ways, that's the right thing to do. But we're going to need every everything, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to need to diversify our portfolio of assets. It can't be just, you know, mm-hmm. renewables and lithium ion. It has to be, you know, we have to leverage the I- infrastructure in the natural gas pipeline. And, and to your point, we have to mm-hmm. leverage long duration. And, and so for, for guys like us who we just want to implement systems, we're just, you know, we're, we're loving it, right? <laughs> There's so many different technologies. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's a challenging because we've got to get our head around it all it's not just is it a turbine or is it a is it a reset engine it's not that simple anymore uh but at the same time it's it's really exciting yeah. so you know, D- dave who was on yesterday t- you know he 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 said well first of all we have to use the same units of measure right mm. so gas is measured in mm. gjs mm-hmm. and and electricity in, in megawatt hours right mm-hmm. so let's normalize that and then let's have a full cost right not only the commodity but also the carbon and also the cost of storage, right? Yeah, because yeah. what we don't get right now in our electricity pricing is the cost of storage, right? Mm-hmm. And so if your price point and your solution, you know, is more competitive from a cost of storage perspective, the market should bear that out. Mm-hmm. But we don't we don't look at it, we don't yeah. stack those costs yeah, yeah. yet, right? So yeah. guys, thank you very much. This has been uh, as I as Mark has heard me say several times, the main goal of this is that I learn. Um, <laughs> so that's happened. But more importantly, uh, that those who listen uh, can can learn as well and uh, and to have fun. And this was a fun yeah, discussion. This is and, very fun. Uh, I'm excited for you guys. I think uh, you have a lot of you've done a lot of great stuff already. I mean, all the money you've raised and the people you've added and the the IP that you have. Um, and uh, we're we're excited to kind of watch your. Uh, your duck curve as, as you grow. <laughs> yeah, so, our own duck curve, yeah. uh, James and Scott, thank you so much. Uh, it was Thanks. really fun. Thanks and, a lot. Uh, it was great yeah. to have you on Energy Radio. Appreciate Thanks. it, Matt. Cool. Thanks so much. Good.